0: Those are the dancing feet of Maurice Hines, who is the star and choreographer of the musical review, Duke Ellington's Sophisticated Ladies. Produced by the Arena Stage and directed by Charles Randolph Wright. Sophisticated Ladies open this spring at the historic Lincoln Theater in Washington DC on U Street. Welcome to Artworks, the program that goes behind the scenes with some of the nation's great artists to explore how art works. I'm your host, Josephine Reed. For the past two decades, U Street has transformed itself from a rundown, burnt out, dangerous neighborhood to the vibrant commercial, artistic, and entertainment center that it once was. Andy Shalal is an
1: artist, activist, and restaurateur in the area. You know, the, the arts are such a significant part of any community. They define our humanity in so many ways, and they certainly define communities. And Washington's starting to recognize itself as really an art center. There's a real effort to revitalize the arts. And I think people are starting to understand the importance of the arts, not just as a way to create this amazing vibe in a, any, any given community, but the importance of the arts as an economic development engine.
0: The successful revitalization of U Street is a case in point. It was fueled by the neighborhood's rich cultural history and a determination to make it an artistic area once again, because there was a time when the U Street corridor was the center of black culture in the United States.
2: In the 1920s, Pearl Bailey, who used to live in Washington, D.C., she grew up here, she dubbed it the Black Broadway.
0: Kim Roberts is editor of Beltway Poetry Quarterly and a literary historian.
2: U Street is actually a neighborhood named for that street uh, in Washington, D.C., and you have to understand that in the 1920s it was a Time of segregation. There were two major commercial neighborhoods for African-American-owned businesses in Washington. There was the 7th Street District, and then there was U Street. And U Street was the fancy black neighborhood. That's where you had um, a lot of the nicer nightclubs and restaurants. And it was a place that launched a lot of careers of people in the arts. Andy Shalal,
1: it was called Black Broadway, where black artists and cultural icons and writers and and, you know intellectuals that came out of Howard University and other places, that's where they hung out.
0: Kim Roberts, the movement that we
2: now call the Harlem Renaissance is horribly misnamed. That was a name that came much later. And, of course, Harlem, we think, oh, it only happened in New York. But it actually started in Washington, D.C., and it started right on U Street. And so many of the the musicians, dancers, writers, painters that we now associate with the Harlem Renaissance actually lived in D.C. Zora Neale Hurston, Langston Hughes, Duke Ellington, Pearl Bailey. the, The list just goes on and on. Andy
0: Shalal.
1: And Washington is is 70% black. It is the home of Howard University, uh, which is one of the oldest uh, black colleges in the country. It's a major cultural center, was known as the birthplace of the Harlem Renaissance. I think something that we're really trying to bring back, because a lot of people don't know that. The Howard Theater was built in 1905, a good 12 years before the Apollo.
0: Washington's other important theater was right on U Street. It was the Lincoln, with its adjoining club, the Cotillion Room. Eileen Lifsey is acting executive director of the Lincoln Theater. Well, the theater first opened in 1922, and
3: at that time, Washington was a very segregated city. And so this was one of several theaters that were built specifically for African Americans so that they, too, could enjoy um, entertainment. And this was opened as a first-run theater, and it it was a premier theater for its time in reference to its architecture and the grandeur.
0: Associate Artistic Director of Arena Stage, David Dower.
4: The Lincoln Theater, back in the 20s, it functioned as a Broadway theater. Underneath was a club underneath the stage.
3: There was a club called the Cotillion Room, and people would come to the Lincoln, and there was a walkway, and they would walk to the back, and they would go to the Cotillion Room.
4: And it was one of the only places, some people have said the only place, uh, in D.C. at the time that blacks and whites could dance together.
3: People of color came here and they had their proms and coming out, the debutante balls. And I understand that even um, President Franklin Roosevelt had an
0: event here as well. However, change was coming to U Street, and it wasn't all good. Andy Shalal.
1: When U Street has always acted as a bridge, uh, at one point it was a moat. And it, and, and it changed over time. Kim Roberts.
2: It started in the Great Depression, so after that, after the 1940s, the neighborhood went into a slow economic decline, you know, like many inner-city neighborhoods.
3: Eileen Lifsey. Once you had a thriving area, then with integration, people left the city, and because you had more opportunity. Now with that, almost 20, 30 years went on with that, and this was a very seedy area, unfortunately. It was a lot of vice here. Kim Roberts.
2: And it remained this sort of sad inner-city neighborhood uh, right up until the riots of 1968 following the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. At that point, we lost uh, some of those historic buildings. They just simply, they went up in flames.
3: Eileen Lifsey. The riots of 1968 just decimated this area,
0: this, this corridor. That's from here all the way up to Howard University. Thirteen people died in those riots. Almost 1,200 people were injured. Over 600 buildings were destroyed. 900 businesses closed. Thousands were out of work. And the inner city economy was devastated. Eileen Lifsey. The cotillion room, that was one portion of the building that did not survive during the riots.
3: That was gone. Then the theater was a movie house. And then it closed in
0: 1979. Kim Roberts.
2: After that, the neighborhood also uh, sort of was in a stasis period until about the 1990s, when we had uh, a period of economic recovery.
0: That economic growth led city planners, concerned organizations, and various artists to take another look at U Street, and they liked the possibilities they saw there. The buildings that escaped the riots were often architectural gems. Ben's Chili Bowl, located next to the Lincoln Theater, opened its doors in 1958, and could barely keep up with the demand for half-smokes. One of the people investing in the U Street area, artist and restaurateur Andy Shalal, who's the proprietor of Busboys and
1: Poets. I've lived in Washington most of my life. The U Street corridor was changing, and I wanted to uh, be a part of that change. Um, Some of the change, I thought, was questionable. Uh, change that really was not connected to the community. It wasn't uh, thoughtful change. I wanted to sort of be part of change that I thought really honors the past of that community, the past of uh, the U Street Corridor, and really the significance of this past in Washington's history.
0: Still, the turnaround was a long one.
1: I remember when I was first developing Busboys and Poets, I would go in there sometimes late at night and sit in the middle of the place after all the construction crew goes home to try to think of ideas, things that I could do in there. And I remember sitting there on some nights where I would see four or five people walk by, and most of them I didn't want to see inside my place. And it was a very um, sketchy area.
0: But the commitment to the area remained strong as did the determination to revive U Street's cultural legacy and build upon it. The Lincoln Theater was a natural project. Eileen Lifsey.
3: I had several different owners, and not until a group of uh, concerned citizens pulled together and formed uh, a group that brought it back, to, revitalized it. The Lincoln actually became the anchor, along with Ben's, for the U Street Court. To restore a building to its historic grandeur and to be true to the period, there was some extensive work bringing in artisans and historians. Now it's it's as the building was uh, intended to be originally.
0: If the Lincoln Theater, along with Ben's Chili Bowl, was one anchor, Andy Shalal's Busboys and Poets became another. Named for the poet Langston Hughes, who had worked as a busboy, Busboys and Poets created a new model for a Washington gathering place.
1: It's a bookstore, it's a bar, it's a a wonderful restaurant. It has a uh, stage space in the back we call the Langston Room, a stage that we do all kinds of things on, everything from poetry, which is uh, a very popular thing we do at Busboys and Poets, naturally, to uh, book talks, to panel discussions, fundraisers, political conversations, Uh, you name it. Um, We also do music, all kinds of different things, Uh, everything that brings community together, we do there.
0: Busboys and Poets became so successful that when the space across the street became vacant, Andy Shalal opened a restaurant there called Eatonville, after another famous writer.
1: Eatonville is the hometown of Zora Neale Hurston, right outside of Orlando, Florida, and the significance of the town is not only is it the hometown of Zora Neale Hurston, but it's the oldest black town that was incorporated in the United States in 1887. So it's important in many different levels and certainly very complimentary to the busboys and poets across the street.
0: And both are located two blocks away from the historic Lincoln Theater, which brings us full circle to sophisticated ladies. The arena stage which has its home in Southwest D.C., was undergoing major renovation, and it reached out to two of its neighbors, one of whom was the Lincoln Theater, Eileen Lifsey. We
3: were Arena's um, Washington, D.C. home base uh, for the past two years, from 2008 to 2010, and they divided up their season of shows between ourselves and their other and their, their other uh, satellite, and so uh, we had a run of six performances all very successful, several of which were even nominated in the last season of Helen Hayes Awards.
0: But bringing Duke Ellington's sophisticated ladies to the Lincoln Theater seemed particularly fitting, almost like a homecoming. Associate Artistic Director of Arena Stage, David Dower.
4: When we talk about sophisticated ladies, it's at the Lincoln, which is one of the original black Broadway theaters. It's actually the home of Duke Ellington. That's where he began. You know, the show is a musical review. It's all Duke Ellington uh, music uh, and uh, dance numbers. So for Duke, it was all about the music, and it was all about sophistication and elegance. And so when you sit down to the performance of Sophisticated Ladies, we've taken the audience on a journey of archival photos from the neighborhood from the era that turns into something like a period film. It's a very short film clip of uh, people on their way to dance at the colonnade. So they run down the alley and open the door to the Lincoln to the stage door where the colonnade entrance used to be. And they open right onto the stage and then the live performers who were in that film take over. It's as if the film has run right onto the stage, and the music begins, and off you go.
3: Eileen Lifsey, this turned out to be a fantastic experience for all of us, uh, Rena and the Lincoln alike, because uh, they tailored the piece through the direction of Charles Randolph Wright to have an opening here at the Lincoln, and then to hear some of the best of the Duke's works performed on the stage that he himself may have performed some of those. It just
0: brought chills. The history of Washington, D.C., and most particularly of the U Street Corridor, was an important part of preparation for the cast of Sophisticated Ladies. Kim Roberts.
2: One of the things that was such a joy about that show for me, um, I took the cast on a walking tour uh, while they were still in rehearsals and developing the play. And uh, I walked with them around the neighborhood, and they were so excited to see places where Duke Ellington lived, where he performed, where he would have hung out. Um, It really made it real for them. And then they were able to incorporate that into the show. So this production of Sophisticated Ladies is very different than how they were presenting it in other cities. Uh, This one is much more specific to D.C.
5: Duke first played in the in a club that was in the basement of the Lincoln Theater. So for us to bring his music back to where he first performed in the neighborhood where he grew up, that's very, very
0: historic. You just heard John Manzari. He and his brother Leo were two of the cast members who took the historic walking tour. Born and bred in Washington, D.C., these teenage tap dancing brothers saw firsthand how deeply Duke Ellington's music was tied to the U Street Corridor. John Manzari.
5: For us personally to grow up in D.C. and to not really know as much about Duke's history. We know his music and we know of his his legacy, but we don't really know of his personal life or where he grew up or what he enjoyed doing or little stuff like that, which is what Charles Randolph Wright really tried to do. He's really big on uh, research research. And that everything is very representative of how it was in the past. So for us to to grow up in D.C. and then to figure out how another legend grew up in mm-hmm. in D.C. and then to perform where he first pers- first performed is um it's a great honor. Yeah, me me and John obviously walked past the Lincoln Theater plenty of times, not knowing that we'd be headlining, and especially not with Maurice Hines, and not to serve Duke Ellington,
0: Leo Manzeri.
5: The thing I most remember is we we were walking, I forgot what street it was, but we were walking down a street, and first you see his child home, then on the other side, a couple houses down, you see his teenage home, like where he lived, and how it was so close to the theater. And when you, it's it's good, because if the show started off in any other theater, it wouldn't really be the same. You hear like reviews from audience members, they say the fact that the show takes place within this theater where Duke Ellington played. That's it's great, and it just adds a whole different vibe.
0: Opening night of Sophisticated Ladies at the Lincoln Theater was memorable.
5: Oh, hit it, fellas!
0: It was clear the show was a hit. Star Maurice Hines was tap dancing up a storm. Duke Ellington was back on U Street where he belonged. And two stars were born the Manzari brothers, who literally stopped the show. And where was the opening night party? Two blocks away, at Andy Shalal's restaurant, Eatonville. Eileen Lipsey remembers that night. Oh
3: my. It was really nice. when I think about it, I think of the phones were a buzz, the, the ticket orders it was we had lots of dignitaries, VIPs, luminaries. It was the must-have ticket in town for that week. And to see Mr. Hines come up the, from the, the curtain, all of it it was just a very real moment. And my understanding is many people who were here that very night have come back, have been back and seen it two or three times. David Dower.
4: You know, some of our subscribers have been with us for 50 years plus, And when we knew we were going to be out of the building to uh, do this renovation, we did a survey of our audience. And, I mean, the smallest percentage of our audience said they were willing to go to U Street. And so when we started programming there, we thought, you know how are we going to make it up to these people? They're afraid of this place. We weren't. Um, it's, it's, it's history. It's not its present in any way. There was a moment in time when it was not a neighborhood where people would have walked two blocks at night to get from one thing to another. And in whatever they were walking between wasn't going to be a Broadway-caliber show and then a leading nightclub all within two blocks of each other. But you were walking with some of those audience members this time, some of them in their 70s and 80s, just out strolling the neighborhood (laughs) on their way to this club. And then you get in the club and you're in this whole other atmosphere, you know. So it's really, it's exciting.
0: Eileen Lifsey. The
3: other thing about this is opening night introduced a new group of people, many of them being arena subscribers, to this area. And now I get, we get feedback from the restaurants and the other merchants on the area that there are a lot of people like to come that they weren't customers before because they see, oh, it's very nice here and it's comfortable. And I kind of would like to think that the Lincoln, we may be the gateway to the, to, to the theater sector here. Andy Shalal.
1: Well, you know, Sophisticated Ladies is a very elegant play. Uh, It has, I think, there's there's 200 costume changes that that happen in that play. And it's it's quite an exciting play. And you oftentimes see people, especially more mature crowds, would come there all dressed up in their finest, with the hats and the shoes and the dresses, and, uh, you know, walking from... Edenville, let's say, having a pre-theater dinner there and walking to the Lincoln Theater is just beautiful. It is what U Street uh, used to look like. And it's a beautiful way to bring it back.
0: David Dower.
4: Well, you know, so many things have happened. I mean, we talk a lot about the, you know, the impact of the arts uh, in general, not just on people, but on communities. And I'll tell you one very quick story. Uh, One day at, at Matinee, uh, there was a woman standing at the box office, a couple of women standing outside at the box office, and, and I was uh, just leaving the theater. And they were standing, snapping their fingers in it. They had the rhythm of it don't mean a thing if it don't, ain't got that swing. And I said, well, what would you think of it? Because I thought they'd seen it. And she said, no, we haven't been yet. We're just so excited. And she introduced herself. She's from this organization, LINX, which is uh, an African-American women's organization, a professional women's organization. In um, they were from the Arlington chapter.